Well, Merry Christmas again. Uh, it's good to be here in the house of the Lord on Christmas, and we're glad you've taken time off from your busy Christmas Day schedule to celebrate with us today. We're going to celebrate the birth of Christ. And Christmas is a wonderful time of year. We have Christmas trees, lights, gifts giving, uh, cookies, and all that kind of stuff. It's a time for family. But it's sad sometimes when we get so wrapped up in those things that we forget the real meaning of Christmas. And so we're glad that you've all taken time to focus on that today. And that true meaning of Christmas has significance not just on the 25th, but all throughout the year. And so today we're going to talk about the Messiah's birth, because Christmas was, the, was when the promised Messiah came into this world. The Old Testament prophets prophesied of a coming Messiah, someone who would be a savior, someone who would be a king, someone who they called the anointed one, that he was coming. And they looked forward to this promised Messiah. And hundreds and even thousands of years after those prophecies occurred, on that first Christmas night, 2,000 years ago, the Messiah was born. The Messiah was born not in a palace. He was not born in a king's household. He was born in a simple stable to a most unlikely couple. It was a couple who had just been married. They'd been married after the bride had become pregnant, which didn't look any better in those days than it does today. The mother, Mary, was a common peasant girl. Her husband was a simple carpenter. And yet, the birth of the child that God gave them was the fulfillment of those prophecies from ancient times. The child that was born on Christmas split time in two, B.C. and A.D., and we still arrange our calendars because of his birth. I'd like us to watch a short video about the Messiah's birth called Born. And so Jesus was not just an ordinary baby. He was the Messiah. He was destined for so much more. And so today we're going to look at a prophecy in the book of Isaiah that looks forward to the birth of Christ. And then we'll look at its fulfillment in the gospel of Matthew. And so in our Old Testament prophecy we're going to be looking at this morning, in Isaiah chapter 7, the prophet Isaiah was prophesying to King Ahaz. Now, King Ahaz was king of Judah. And at that time, Syria and Israel had allied themselves to attack Judah to cause problems for King Ahaz. And King Ahaz was, was very afraid of this coming attack. You can follow along in an outline in the bulletin. It has the uh, scriptures written out as well as the outline. Isaiah 7 verse 2 says, So the hearts of Ahaz and his people were shaken, as the trees of the forest are shaken by the wind. So uh, he was really afraid of what was going to come. And he was so afraid that King Ahaz was tempted to rely on a world power. The world power at that time was Assyria. And he wanted to rely on Assyria to protect and to save Judah rather than relying on the Lord. And so into that situation came Isaiah and his son. They came to meet with King Ahaz and to prophesy the word of the Lord to him. And so this morning we're going to learn some lessons. Uh, some of the characters in the Bible, the lessons we learn is don't be like this person. 
And so King Ahaz is not a good example for us. But we're also going to look at the New Testament. We're going to look at Joseph and how he uh, related to God properly. So the first thing that Isaiah was told to speak to King Ahaz was that he should trust in the Lord, not in man. Because you see, the, the issue in King Ahaz's mind was, should I trust in the Lord who I can't see because this attack is imminent, or should I trust in this world-class army of Assyria and make some deal with them to protect me and to protect our country? And so Isaiah was sent by God to give King Ahaz one last chance to trust the Lord because he was leaning to trust in the arm of the flesh, to trust in the nation of Assyria. And so Isaiah prophesied to King Ahaz. He said, don't be afraid. God gave him instructions here to say to King Ahaz, uh, be careful, keep calm, and don't be afraid. Do not lose heart because of these two smoldering stubs of firewood, because of the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram, and of the son of Remaliah. And so the prophet told Ahaz, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged by the king of Syria, here it's called Aram, and the kings of Israel. Keep calm, be careful, don't, don't do anything rash. You see, fear leads people to do all kinds of foolish things. If you're trusting the Lord, you won't be afraid. And if you're afraid, you're not trusting the Lord. The two are mutually exclusive. And God told Ahaz, through the prophet Isaiah, don't be afraid because God said he is in control. Verse 7, yet this is what the sovereign Lord says. It will not take place. It will not happen. And we don't have time this morning to go through this passage verse by verse, so we're just taking some of the high points here. But God here is identified as the sovereign Lord. That means he's in control of everything. He's in control of kings. He's in control of nations. Uh, he's in control of the world economy. There's nothing that he is not sovereign over. And the sovereign Lord speaks to Isaiah through Ahaz, telling him that this invasion of Syria and Israel against Judah will not happen. He said, what you're worried about, what you're fearing is not going to happen. I am the sovereign Lord. I declare that. And so King Ahaz, you don't need to be afraid. You don't have to run to Assyria for help. Just trust in me. I am in control. The prophet told Ahaz, you need to stand firm in your faith. Verse 9, if you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. So the prophet was telling Ahaz, believe me, put your trust in me, stand firm in your faith. If you doubt, if you don't trust me, you're not going to stand at all. In other words, faith drives out fear. Faith trusts in the Lord. Faith believes that God is in control. And these were the words of the Lord from Isaiah to King Ahaz. Now let's talk about Christmas 2016 right here in St. Louis. God wants our Christmas. He wants your Christmas to be a time of faith. He wants it to be a time of hope. And so the words of the prophet to King Ahaz thousands of years ago are God's words for us today. We are also tempted like King Ahaz to trust in things other than God, to trust in things that we can see rather than trust 
in an unseen God. So how are we tempted? Well, we're tempted, as King Ahaz was, to trust in other people. We're tempted to trust in ourselves. We're tempted to trust in our money. We're tempted to trust in our jobs, to trust in all kinds of things other than God himself. And so God says to us this Christmas, don't trust in anything other than me. Put your whole trust in me and I will take care of you. I am the sovereign Lord. I hold the universe in my hand. There's nothing that's outside of my control. I will take care of you. And if we put our trust in anything other than the Lord, then the Lord's blessing will not be on us. It will lead us away from the Lord. It will put us into bondage to the thing that we put our trust in. The Bible calls the things we put our trust in other than God, it calls them idols. And when we bow down to idols in our lives, we become in bondage to them. So we are to put our trust in the Lord this Christmas. No matter what things you may be tempted to worry or fear about in the new year, God will help you make it through if you put your trust in him. Now, God continued to speak to King Ahaz through Isaiah. He wanted to reveal himself to King Ahaz. You know, sometimes people talk about blind faith. Ever heard about uh, just blind faith? You know, you don't know. You're just like leaping off a cliff. You don't know what's going to happen. Just put your faith in God. Well, there's a little bit of truth there, but God never asked anyone to take this total leap of blind faith. He gives us reasons to believe. He gives us reasons to put our faith and trust in him. He's chosen to reveal himself in many different ways. And so God desired to reveal himself to King Ahaz. And so King Ahaz was told to ask God for a sign. Uh, verse 10, again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. And so God was basically saying to Ahaz, you know, Ahaz, if you're not really sure you can trust in me, if you're not sure that I can handle this situation of these nations coming to attack you, ask, ask me for a sign. I want to reveal myself to you. I want to show that I am God, that I am in control so that you will put your trust in me. Now, you would have thought that King Ahaz would have jumped at that chance. It's like, wow, a sign from God. Well, that wasn't going to be the case. Uh, actually, King Ahaz refused God's evidence. And of course, we're not to follow King Ahaz. So that's my point is don't refuse God's evidence. So verse 12, but Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test. And so Ahaz refused to obey God. God said, ask me for a sign. Ahaz says, I will not ask. He even quoted scripture saying, you should not test the Lord. But when the Lord tells you to ask for a sign, you're not testing God by asking for a sign. Now, why did Ahaz refuse to ask God for a sign? Well, I believe it's because Ahaz already made up his mind. Uh, he'd already made up his mind to put his faith and trust in Assyria, the things he could see, the army he could see with his eyes. And he didn't want to see God's sign. And so he chose not to believe God. We see from other scriptures that Ahaz did not follow God in his reign as king as his grandfather, King Uzziah, had. Ahaz built idols to Baal across the land. 
He even burned his own sons as human sacrifices to these idols. That's how far he drifted from God. He gave large donations right out of the temple, gold and silver, to the Assyrians. Out of God's temple, he gave them to Assyria to attempt to ask them for their protection. Now, even though Ahaz refused to ask for a sign from God, God gave a sign. And that's why we're talking about this this morning. Isaiah 7, verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself, this is the prophet Isaiah speaking to King Ahaz. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And so the prophet Isaiah spoke to King Ahaz and said, I, I will give you a sign, even though you're not asking me for a sign. I will give you a sign that what I say is true. There's going to be a historical fulfillment of this prophecy in King Ahaz's and Isaiah's time. A young maiden would have a son, and this son would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And this would be a sign to Ahaz and others that God's word would come true, that this attack that he feared would not happen. And history tells us within three years, Israel was destroyed, and within 12 years, Syria was conquered, both by Assyria. And this attack that Ahaz feared never did come to pass. And yet, ultimately, Assyria turned on Judah and came in and conquered Judah as well. So what's the message for us this Christmas? Well, God is not hiding from people. Sometimes we think God is in hiding. He's not hiding himself from people. He wants to reveal himself to people. And so believing in Jesus Christ is not a blind leap of faith. There's historical evidence that supports the claims of Jesus Christ. We can just read the history books. Uh, we can read the documents of the New Testament. We can see that the resurrection is a historical fact proved beyond Doubt proved beyond other historical incidents that people believe without questioning. So there's historical evidence supporting the claims of Jesus Christ. And yet God also offers supernatural evidence for those with the faith to ask. If you're not a believer here this morning, you have any doubts, ask God for a sign. Just as God prompted King Ahaz to ask for a sign. God loves to answer those kinds of prayers. I've heard testimony after testimony about people who prayed, God, if you're real, show me. And God showed up and he did something. He gave a sign. Might not be exactly the sign you might want, you know, sky riding or something, but he's going to tell you. He's going to show you that he is real. If you have friends and relatives who are not believers this Christmas, ask God to show them a sign that he's real. Pray for them. Ask God to show them a sign that he cares about them, that he loves them. And maybe, just maybe God will use you as part of that sign to those that you know in your life who do not yet know Jesus Christ. And as we turn to the New Testament for our next point here this morning, we're going to see that Jesus Christ is the prophetic fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. There was a historical fulfillment in the time of Isaiah and King Ahaz, and there's a prophetic fulfillment that took place 
with the birth of Christ. And so Jesus Christ is a sign from God that God is going to be with us forever. Jesus said he'd never leave us or forsake us, and he's with us through the Holy Spirit. And so this Christmas, take some time to ask God to reveal himself to you in new ways. Now, God is infinite. If there's anybody here that thinks they understand everything about God, uh, you don't. Uh, it's, we'll be learning about God for eternity. He's infinite. And God wants to reveal himself to each one of us in new ways. He reveals himself to people who ask to know him better. He reveals himself to people who seek his face. God wants our faith to, to grow this Christmas. And so Jesus came to show us what God was like. And so we're going to see how Isaiah's prophecy was fulfilled 700 years after it was given, as recorded here in Matthew chapter 1. Verse 18 says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. And so his mother Mary, Jesus' mother Mary, became pregnant through the Holy Spirit before she was married to Joseph. Joseph thought that Mary had been unfaithful to him, and he wanted to divorce her quietly. But God sent an angel to tell Joseph what was going on, told him that the baby was from God, that the baby was the very son of God. Matthew 1, verse 20, after he, that's Joseph, had considered this, considered divorcing Mary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And so this angel that spoke to Joseph made it clear that Mary had not been unfaithful. She was pregnant not through a man, but through the Holy Spirit. And what that means is that the child, therefore, would be both human and divine, both man, and God. A unique, uh, once in the history of mankind occurrence, never happened before, never to be repeated again. The child was to be named Jesus because as the Messiah, he would save his people from their sins. And so with this angelic visit, God gave Joseph a clear sign in order to guide him, to help him, put his trust in the sovereign Lord. Then Matthew tells us more about who this child would be. Jesus would be Emmanuel, which means God with us. Matthew 1.22 says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, speaking of the prophet Isaiah. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so Matthew here quotes in the Greek from the Old Testament, what was written in Hebrew from the prophet Isaiah. Now, in the Hebrew text, the, the Hebrew word for virgin can mean either young maiden or literal virgin. It leaves room, therefore, for both the historical fulfillment of the prophecy and the prophetic fulfillment. The word that Matthew uses in the Greek in the New Testament here can only mean virgin, which means the supernatural birth. This child had no human father. And so the son of Mary would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
And so Jesus would be the ultimate representation of God the Father. In fact, Jesus in his ministry said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. And so Jesus came to show us what God was like. Jesus came to live among us, among the people that he created. And God still lives among believers today through the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of Jesus. Not only was Jesus the Son of God, not only was he Emmanuel, but Jesus was the Savior. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. And so Joseph named the new baby. He named him Jesus, which means it comes from the Old Testament name Joshua, which means the Lord saves. It means that Jesus would be the Savior who saves us from our sins. Now in the Old Testament, Ahaz went his own way. He didn't put his trust in the Lord. He chose to trust in man, and it resulted in tragedy. In the New Testament here, Joseph saw a sign from God. He listened to the angel's words. He chose to obey God. He chose to put his trust in God. He took Mary as his wife, and he named the child Jesus as the angel had commanded. And so Jesus came to show us what God is like and to be with us forever. And so this Christmas Sunday, 2016, God wants to reveal Jesus to each one of us in a new way. Christmas is not just about this baby born 2,000 years ago. Christmas is about the Son of God coming in human flesh. And sometimes we should just take a few minutes and think about that. I mean, it is mind-boggling. I mean, it's so common that we just don't even think about the implications of it. God taking on human flesh. Christmas is about God breaking into our world to save us from our sins. We can't save ourselves. We are doomed to an eternal destiny apart from God, but for Jesus. Christmas is about God taking the initiative, leaving heaven, a place of that we can't imagine, untold beauty, untold perfection, leaving this place and coming to this earth an earth God created, but an earth that's been ravaged by sin. When Jesus chose to leave heaven to come to this earth. And not just to live on this earth, but to die. The Son of God chose to die because he loved each one of us so much. But he rose from the dead. That's the good news. And he ascended into heaven. And he's with us through his spirit. Jesus promised to never leave us or forsake us. And so he's with each and every believer, no matter what you're going through. And so this morning, if you've never put your trust in Jesus as your Savior and Lord, I'm going to give you an opportunity in a minute. And if you're a believer this morning, but the reality of God's presence in your life seems dim, he seems far away, then we're going to pray that God would reveal himself to you in a new way this Christmas. And finally, if you're a believer and you have unbelieving friends and relatives, maybe they're coming over this afternoon. Maybe you're going to see them. 
God wants to use you to reveal himself to them. He wants to use your prayers. He wants to use your words. He wants to use your actions to show them what he's like, how much he loves them. And so let's bow our heads. We're going to pray and ask for God to reveal himself in these ways. If you're not a believer this morning or you feel like you've strayed from God, I'm going to give you a chance to pray with me and recommit, either commit your life to Jesus Christ for the first time or recommit your life. To do that, pray something like this. Father, today, this Christmas 2016, I admit that I've sinned. I've done wrong things according to your word. When I'm separated from you. But I believe that Jesus Christ came to this earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, took, taking my sins upon himself, rose from the dead three days later. I put my trust and my belief in him. I commit myself to following him both as my Savior and Lord all the days of my life. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray as well. Father, we thank you that Jesus Christ came to this earth as the Messiah 2,000 years ago to be Emmanuel, to be God with us. And we're so grateful that he came to be our Savior and to save us from our sins, the consequences, the eternal consequences of our sins, and to give us new life. And so this Christmas, 2016, we recommit ourselves to following you as our Lord in the new year 2017. Forgive us for the times this past year we've, we've trusted in anything other than you to guide us in our lives, to solve our problems. Forgive us for bowing the knee to any idols. God, we repent of that and we, we declare that in the next year, 2017, we're going to worship and put our trust in you alone. And finally, as we look to the future, God, we say that we're not going to be afraid. We're not going to be worried about what 2017 is going to bring because we stand firm in our faith. We stand firm with our feet planted on the rock of Jesus Christ and his word. We won't be shaken in 2017. And we pray that you would reveal yourself to each one of us in new ways in this new year. We commit to praying for those that we know who don't know you yet. To praying more diligently, to praying with more urgency that you would reveal yourself to them and to show them that you're real. Use us as your witnesses, God, to share the good news, even on this Christmas Sunday. Help us not to be embarrassed and not to be ashamed, not to be worried about offending somebody by talking about the true meaning of Christmas on Christmas. Uh, help us to bring that into our conversations. We thank you, God, for this season in which we celebrate your birth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.